Welcome to the podcast. This is the Secret Storytellers of Wincanton podcast. Following up on our stories that you can find in the storytelling trail in the centre of Wincanton, Somerset. Was it that Wincanton had witches or that Wincanton had a witch finder? And I suspect more likely it was that Wincanton had a witch finder. A man called Robert Hunt, who was the local magistrate from Conton Pornsfoot. And he set out to catch witches. And he was such an intelligent and clever man, determined to find witches, he found witches. And when they didn't quite add up to his thought process of what a witch should be like, he twisted and turned their words until they said what he wanted. I mean, would you sign on a dotted line if you were going to be a witch? I'm not sure I would. And what would you expect? A lot of money, rituals, jewels? You know, in all the stories, he gives them something big, doesn't he? Something they really, really want. It's all a bit strange. And when your local witch finder is looking for witches, he might pay you, mightn't he? It might not be a money payment. It might be payment in kind. It might be you're getting on well with the community if you give up that witch. And suddenly, ladies who were outsiders, who weren't liked, became accused of witchcraft. And this very, very clever magistrate was able to convict quite a few people. And he seemed to have a, an idea of what the witches should do. Well, they should meet the devil. They should sign on the dotted line with blood. I mean, another one was that um, it was a belief that you summoned the devil by walking round a churchyard three times at midnight saying the Lord's Prayer backwards. In this day and age, I'd be surprised if anybody could walk round a churchyard saying the Lord's Prayer backwards three times. Probably the rector, church wardens, not members of the community. So why is this part of Somerset reputed to be the home of witches? Charles Wimpt Hammond, the author of Ten Somerset Mysteries, says, The uplands are windswept and treeless, and the valleys are broad and empty. He also goes on to say, The marshlands of Blackmore Vale and the wild heaths of Bovington are not far away. This brings up a picture of a desolate land, more like a moor, where you're bound to find witches. Except that this is not the Somerset I see around Wincanton. My Somerset is a cosy greenland of farms and small hills. But Windhammond also links the Druid myths and Cabri Castle with the witches of Wincanton. And he suggests part of the Druid tradition has remained in the area for centuries because, of course, 
for some reason he's sort of suggesting that the Druids were into witchcraft anyway. George Sweetman, who wrote the first history of Wincandon, talks of the credibility of the people of the time to believe in witches. Because, as, as he says, no one seems to have doubted the power of witches. Men, women and children, and even cattle, were possessed. And he's right, you know, everybody had to believe in it. The women accused were poor. The accusers were high-born and educated, and the witnesses included the local vicar, the Reverend William Parsons, Mr Thomas Gappen, the parish constable, and Francis Swanton, gent of Wincanton. And the bewitched included Elizabeth Hill, who was only 13, several others who were dead by the time of the trial. Oh, and do not forget Mr Thomas Garrett's cows, an important part. George Sweetman in his book goes into great detail about the court case. The girl, Elizabeth, had fits and she grew worse and worse and they looked around for somebody to blame, basically. And they talked of her having a fit and that she needed to be held in a chair by four or five people. The whole idea is horrendous, isn't it? That a child would be having fits and you accuse somebody of doing it but the child hath been so tormented and pricked with thorns for several nights at which times the informant and many other people have seen the flesh rise up in little bunches in which holes did appear the pricking held about a quarter of an hour at a time e during each of the four fits and the informant hath seen the child take out the thorns now, after all these accusations, they brought the widow, Elizabeth Stile, to Wincanton to be seen by the JP. And once they got her on the trial fits, then other people came forward to say that um, a butcher from Stoke Trista gave evidence that his wife had been bewitched and this bewitching had been done by being given apples and if that's not uh, Sleeping Beauty and the Evil Queen I don't know what is but of course Agnes died so she couldn't be there to um, to tell her story but before she died her hip rotted and one of her eyes swelled out I'm sure that was all to do with the witchcraft. Now, George Sweetman talks about Elizabeth Stiles' confession. And he calls it an extraordinary confession. And is not sure why she made the confession. He suggests perhaps she believed she was possessed. Perhaps she believed 
in that power of which everyone around her, the clergy, the justices, the laity, had described this power that she had. And perhaps she believed that she really did have this power. He didn't know whether she was proud of her achievement of having power or, likeliest of all, that she was a lunatic. <laughs> So she goes on to talk about the devil appearing and the money and um, her signing the paper. Oh, mind you, she didn't sign with name. She signed with an O, which is interesting. Because I thought it was would have been very clever for her to have known... Um, how to write her name because she was a poor woman and poor women didn't have the skills of reading and writing like others and then she goes on to to say that she and her friends and they curtsied to a man that they believed to be the devil yes and he baptized them in oil she had confessed herself and put others in the uh, in the same place and they would bewitch things an apple, a dish or a spoon or other things that they could be baptised by the evil one. And it says that the depositions were taken down day after day. Alice Duke was examined by the JP for five days. And by the end of five days, a poor woman with little literacy would probably have said anything to get out of it. I mean, we had... We have stopped these sort of methods these torture methods because we know now that after a while you're so desperate to get out of the situation you'll say anything to be released and allowed to go free so the idea of this poor woman this poor ignorant woman being questioned by an intelligent lawyer who was determined that um, he was going to find proof he would have belittled her and knocked her down until she said yes I, I am a witch I, I do all these dreadful things that you keep accusing me of Win Hammond has different answers. Now he says Somerset, in Somerset, there is an ancient tradition of oak men. Well, I've never heard of this um, before. <laughs> Tree spirits who look after the oak woodlands. And usually these were seen as forest dwarfs dressed in green leaves. Like Puck, they were mischievous goblins, half fairy and half human, who could change their shape at will. And also like Puck, they were thought to possess magical powers. And he talks about green men. As here in Somerset, the green men turned into Robin Hood. But actually the green man idea wasn't invented till the 1930s. So I'm not sure it was around in 1665 when the trial was on. Anyway, in days gone by, the alternative name for Puck, the merry wanderer of the night, was Robin Goodfellow. 
The name Robin thus became a country term for someone evil, mischievous or magical. And he suggests that around Wincanton it was densely forested, cut off from other parts, remaining relatively untainted by the cultural advances of the Saxons. <laughs> so Wincanton in 1665, he thinks, is um, cut off from <laughs> culture. And uh, as the druids of Cadbury Castle had taught them, so many of the inhabitants continued to worship the ancient forest gods. So that these witches were descendants of these people who worshipped like druids. It's a big, big leap. But he also says when Elizabeth Stahl and Alice Duke were confessing their witchcraft to Robert Hunt, they spoke of a man dressed in black. But they told the court they did not address the man as the devil. They always called him Robin, as in Robin Goodfellow or Puck. Which is interesting. trying to say that there could not be a link between the Druids and Cadbury Camp and these women who were accused of witchcraft but it seems a big leap for women who talked about saying the Lord's Prayer backwards walking round a church um, to then link with a Druidical tradition that wasn't necessarily prevalent at the time there would have been folk tales but would there have been druidical folk tales at that time in that place with that sort of woman am i being far too intellectual about this i mean they they were dancing round the common and bewitching things I don't think there was a high amount of learning with these witches, not reading. This isn't black magic. This is women who people didn't like, hedge witches perhaps even, wise women who did herbal remedies, possibly, who mended your bones, who were called out to lay out the dead, bring in the living. They weren't learned people who had researched the past and the history, like the man who was interviewing them, perhaps. I love George Sweetman's ending to the chapter on witchcraft in his book. As he says, The plain lesson of all this is that deeply embedded in human nature is the idea of a spiritual world, that going from father of spirits, men see come to witches that peep and mutter, and in consequence give themselves over to a reprobate mind. Oh, I love that. 
Did we all have a reprobate mind? And was that what caused there to be witches in Wincanton? I don't know. But that is what these men of history suggest. I may say that there are witches in every generation. And at this time, these women were made to be scapegoats. And that is the end for the Secret Storytellers of Wincanton podcast. This project has been funded by the Arts Council of England as part of a National Lottery Project Grant and South Somerset District Council. And we thank them both. We've had a great time making these stories. And now we hope you will go and find the story trail. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you.